the Muscle Mind Podcast, optimizing your life one episode at a time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Muscle Mind Podcast. This episode is presented by HomeFit, your in-home personal training company. Whether it is in-home personal training, group fitness, yoga, health coaching, uh, nutritional services, online coaching, virtual training, these guys do absolutely everything. Please go to the website www.homefitconsulting.com and they have all kind of information on their services there. So thanks to HomeFit for being a proud sponsor of Muscle Mind. This episode of the Muscle Mind podcast is presented by PNS Transportation. PNS customer service, reliability, and responsiveness make them the leader in flatbed trucking and logistics industry. Others deliver goods, they deliver great. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the second episode of the Muscle Mind Podcast. My name is Matthew Foster. We have the whole crew here. We have Mr. The the fantastic looking Cody Robinson. We have Linda Ratliff here. Um, today... Wait a minute, she's not good looking? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just didn't want to make her feel, you know, super blessed. Okay, go for right, it. Right, right, like you don't... Yeah, come on now. All right, so uh, today we are going to talk about a really fun topic and one that is... Uh, circled around in the health and fitness industry all the time. Um, we're going to be discussing hit versus list, high intensity interval training and low intensity steady state cardio. Cody, are you excited? I'm amped. Cool. This was, uh, I'm amped. This is uh, um, something that, that, that I know I get asked a lot about. I'm sure you guys have been asked a lot about it over the years and probably on a weekly basis. Uh, but just to kind of uh, let everybody know, you know, we're not really going to say one's better than the other one. We're more or less going to talk about the advantages, disadvantages, pro cons, um, when the the proper time to use each form of cardio would be. Um, so we don't want you to get the idea that we think, you know, if you're doing hit, you're doing it wrong, or if you're doing list, you're doing it wrong, stuff like that. So, but hopefully, we'll give you more insight of <laughs> the things you can throw into your training. Sometimes people get stagnant. Even doing the hit train, that's all they do all the time. And um, anyway, so yeah, we're gonna hit it from all different angles. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Um, yeah, go ahead, Linda. I'm just agreeing right You're now. Just agreeing. <laughs> just agreeing. Yeah. So, I've got plenty to say. Uh, see, so where can we? So, so let's describe what they are. Yeah. So not, not just go ahead, Linda. Not just the low intensity interval, but so hit training. Um, Cody and I were talking earlier about. People think because it's hit, it's automatically high intensity, and it's high impact. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but but it's not necessarily. It can be it can be a lower impact and still high intensity because the intensity is really your heart rate or your VO two max. Mm -hmm. It, it, it definitely depends on your fitness level. You know, someone that isn't experienced, uh, you know, someone working out for a long time, they might, you know, reach that VO2 max with the heart rate up doing burpees, while someone might get it, you know, maybe doing a jumping jack. Exactly. It, it also depends on your fitness level. Yeah, I would say, so high intensity interval training, um, when people hear that, I feel like, at least this day and age, most often, probably more times than not, they're their head probably goes to like CrossFit or Iron Tribe or those types of high intensity, which are usually also high impact training. Um, one thing, and I think it's it's quite, what am I trying to say? I think it's like in your world, like for you, Matt, I say your world, meaning like the way that you train yourself, mm -hmm. 
what would you consider high intensity aside from just the workouts? Like you have high intensity intervals that you do on a treadmill, like to drop fat. Is that right? right? Yeah. Well, like one of the, the, the basic, you know, hit training protocols that I do is, you know, incline sprints on the treadmill. And that, you know, as far as like hit is concerned, you're definitely right. I think the, the majority of the people, they do kind of swing towards like the CrossFit style deal but it's definitely not like that you can utilize hit doing anything you know for example if if um there's many ways to do hit though you can do it with time Mm -hmm. you know 30 seconds on you can do 30 seconds off say you're doing like incline sprints which i have all my ladies do uh it's really good for the butt by the way but if you're doing like incline sprints do 30 seconds of sprints 30 seconds of rest that's considered a a hit training protocol right and you can break that down though and from you know 45 seconds on 15 seconds off something like that so that you know for me as far as hit training goes with myself or my clients or something we usually do timed time deals right what what do you feel like is the benefit of you doing it that way well so it's now i got i kind of got into to the whole interval style training and things like that with just my training whenever I first started working out that's what I did mm-hmm. and but the reason why I did it because I always felt like my heart rate would say you're doing like three sets of let's say you're doing burpees at 30 on 30 off something like that during that first set your heart rate's going to get up mm-hmm. okay that 30 seconds of rest going to allow it to drop down a little bit and then it's going to you do another set 30 seconds on it's going to go higher than it was mm-hmm. then it'll drop down a little bit more then it'll go higher than it was and then it'll drop down a little bit more that's why I like it in core, and it's a really good way to get in shape. Yeah, I think um, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people, you know, kind of battle with that steady state um, approach as well. That's something I've always kind of kind of dealt with. I mean, we were doing a decent amount of research back behind behind the hit training. I think a lot of people, and I think this is probably what you're going to jump into, Linda, here in a second, was that I think some people will go to it specifically in order to kind of ramp up their cardiovascular fitness without having to think of it like a marathoner or a long distance, you know, kind of steady state type of person because you really can work your heart muscle. Um, yeah, and you do it wrong, for yeah, sure. Yeah, improve your, you know, you can improve your VO2 max and mm-hmm. those type of things by doing it. But then also I know that I think the capacity that Matt really does it as well and there's more and more research, I think, supporting it that it is a a really good way to drop drop fat um, one thing that I was talking about and my favorite thing to bring up is actually epoch which is the essence of, of hit training uh, I guess like Matt said probably 30 30 years of research at least 25 yeah. years of research that's covered it epoch is was excess excessive oh man my mind just went blank <laughs> excess post oxygen yes Consumption. Consumption. Boom. Sorry. My apologies on that. Um, yeah. So what that's really saying is the fact that you're doing these high-intensity bouts. You know, you can't do it for a long period of time. So right. you're doing more of anaerobic, what they call anaerobic training mm-hmm. versus aerobic training, which means, you know, your body is able to only use so much oxygen. Um, and if it's not able to replenish it by doing these bursts, you have to start pulling from other energy systems and 
and, and all this. Go ahead. Real yeah. quick, we'll go back. I'm, we'll obviously start. I'll make sure you circle back to the epoch. But explain to our listeners the difference between aerobic and anaerobic exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, so the biggest difference. So aerobic air, like you're actually talking, is pertaining to air, right. like use of oxygen. Yeah. So that's why when you do like regular running, or when we what we usually say cardio is traditional ways of cardio, wrist walking, running, swimming, all that stuff. That's specifically aerobic because you're at a state to where your body, as you're breathing, your body can actually synthesize like this oxygen. It goes into your bloodstream so you can kind of keep going. Anaerobic, which for a lot of, I think a lot of fitness people, they immediately think of anaerobic as just <clears throat> like weightlifting. Right. Yeah. Because you're you're using the muscles. You're not you're not you're actually like having to contract the muscles and, and move this stuff, and so it doesn't require as much oxygen. Um, to be able to do that, but then the other aspect, I guess, avenue of it, as we're talking about doing the hit, is because you're doing it at such a higher intensity that you're not able to sustain it. So your body actually starts using up the oxygen that's in the blood, and then therefore actually starts to, like I said, to have to pull from those those other energy systems. And the and since you use all that oxygen up, your body's having to pull and adopt and absorb more oxygen and that's why actually you continue to burn calories even some will say up to 48 hours past you doing that workout bat but go ahead you got a bunch of stuff for sure well just you know from from my experience which you know years ago people used to talk about aerobic and anaerobic aerobic was with oxygen like you're saying anaerobic was without so that was that was just a simple way to explain it to everybody but you're your way of explaining it was much more informed, so thank you. <laughs> no, that's why he's a smart one. I know. Uh, you're the good looking one, he's a smart one. No. <laughs> but, but also, what's cool about the um, different HIT training protocols, there's things like you said, like the Epoch Theory, but yeah. fart like training can be considered. I was going yeah. to get that here in a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Which is a fun word to say. Fart yep. like. Yep. When I tell somebody we're going to do fartlek training, they're yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. What? What? <laughs> so fartlek, for those of you who don't know, because it is a fun word to say, is F A R T, like you're thinking, L E K. Um, one word. Uh, that's actually one thing I was going to kind of get to because we're talking about steady state training, like at a consistent pace. Most people think of distance runners and marathon runners, but they still train at different capacities of intensity yeah, levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, which what makes them, you know. Uh, it's a different level of athlete. I just I wanted to go into type two and type one yeah. muscle fibers there for a second, but I think I'll come back to that. <laughs> but like fartlek, I'll let you get back to it because I, you may actually have examples of what that may look like. But in essence, it actually means like speed play. So even while you're running, you'll have you know like faster pace and a cadence, you know, with a much slower cadence. So you're testing those different energy systems. And um, yeah, you can elaborate on that. I definitely want you to talk about Tabata stuff because I think you're the Tabata queen. Yeah. So so fart licks are exactly what you're saying, but you vary it and you change it up so you don't know what's coming next, really. So your body does have to adapt. But what's cool about it is you can do it with just running. You can. So I would. I used to tell the kids when I was training them on the soccer field when we do a fart lick run. There's a jog, there's a run, and there's a sprint. Yeah. That's all I wanted them to think about. So either and I'll you know make them jog, and I have them jog for. 30 seconds and then sprint and then run so that's kind of but you can do it with other things you can do it with kettlebells you can do it with incorporating different exercises so do three different types of exercise in in one part of your workout for 10 minutes so let's give me an example of what like 
what that would look like. So doing um, like half jacks might be just a very low intensity like you're yeah. walking. And then you're going to go into kettlebell swings. And then you're going to go into burpees. And so you're going to keep switching would that Would you up. do it for like 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30? Was you it vary it. You vary it. You just keep varying it. So love it. you don't really know what's coming next, and your body has to adapt. You're so good about like that's good messing people up in that manner. <laughs> I don't want to go off topic, but like you you mentioned like an imam earlier. Yeah, imams. Did. See, imams are awesome. That's really getting into like you said. You mentioned like doing like the CrossFit and and mm-hmm. you might mention gyms or like CrossFit or something like that. That when you get into like imams and Tabata cycles and doing AMRAPs. AMRAPs, see, I do. You gotta name these things though. Some people <laughs> may not know what these are. This yeah, so yeah, if you do, I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about Tabata cycles. I do Tabata cycles a lot. I mean, what's the acronym? Yeah, yeah. Just say so, it with the acronym. Yeah, if you do like uh, uh, Tabata and you have like an AMRAP, which is as many rounds as possible. So as as an example, you know, this might not. And this is a cool thing about doing workouts like these is you can make this into a small conditioning session you know a small hit hit training at the very end of your strength training workout if that's how you want to split it up or you can do this for an, an entire workout so if you're doing an amrap which is as many rounds as possible let's say you set it up for like 10 minutes and but maybe you do that after your strength training so that's a good conditioning session after you do your strength but if you want to expand it out so you do it for like 40 minutes so you use pick three, four, 10, 20 exercises, and you, you pick a number and you do as many rounds as you can in a certain time frame. You know, that's, that's the cool thing about it. I think you can always plug those in anywhere. Yeah. You know, getting to the CrossFit, someone was just smart enough to put a name behind it. <laughs> and that's just what I think about it. You yeah. Know, as far as, but, and then, uh, and Imam is every minute on the minute. Um, so if, uh, let's say you're doing, she's, Oh, sorry. She's oh, got an example. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Queen on that. I mean, this. No, you start. You, I'll let you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. She had an example. Go ahead. No, I love it. But let's just say, for example, for my end, if you do like ten push-ups, ten squats, every minute on the minute for ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's real. So every minute, if it takes you thirty seconds to knock out ten squats, ten push-ups, you got thirty seconds to rest. But over that eighth, ninth, tenth round, your your, your rest is going to get smaller and smaller. <laughs> right. That's yeah. just how it. That's but that's working at your max capacity. It's just like doing. What I was talking about, hit training, if you do 30 seconds on, your heart rate gets up a little bit, it'll drop down a little bit. Right. It gets up again, it'll drop down a little bit lower. So that's just, it's incorporating those things mm-hmm. is fantastic. I know we, we're talking a lot about hit. We'll, we'll get into this. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Yeah. The other thing with the EMOM is what I was telling him earlier was <clears throat> with a client this morning, we just did one, one arm dumbbell snatch. Mm-hmm. Second minute, you did two. Third yeah. minute, you did three. Yeah. That's like but, an but even with ladder. EMOMs or yeah. every minute on the minute, there's so many different things you can do with it. Sure. So many different styles. So many, you know. So it's it's easy and it's fun and it's what we try to do is save our clients time. So we try to do things. That in was my next segue. You got to get back on Epoch. So sorry. Oh, I'll get back to it. Don't right. you worry. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say was what was his response when you did it this and morning? So this morning, you know, that first one, he's like, "Really, I gotta wait." Yep. You gotta yeah. wait till that next it, minute. That's right. And but then, then by time. about the thirteenth minute, he's like. He's done. You know, like, but that's that's that ascending ladder up to that kind of right. stuff. And that's the same thing as just slowly getting your heart rate up and you rest, up, rest, up, rest. So it's not like jumping your heart rate up to 170 real quick and you're, leaving it there. You're right? building so on your both anaerobic and aerobic capacity yeah. by doing this. Just laying them out both. Right. And to get into Tabata cycles, I'll talk a little bit. You can kind of segue through. Sure. Tabata cycles, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off times eight. That's a full Tabata. 
every that's time. The true, that's the true that's Tabata. That's the true Tabata. And you can change it up and do different things. Even 30 on, 30 off. If you technically want to call that a Tabata, technically, if that's what you want to lump it in to keep it simple, you could do that. But every time I have clients do Tabata cycles, they look at me crazy when I say eight rounds. Mm-hmm. And that little 10 seconds of rest period goes by very, very quickly. If you yeah. want to say, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Well, Tabata is not like an acronym like we use. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's actually Dr. Tabata who came right. up with the training protocol. Right. And you're right. It's that the true meaning behind it is that really high intensity for 10 seconds on, 20 seconds rest. Or 20, 20 seconds, seconds on, 10, 10, 10 seconds, seconds rest. rest yeah. um, benefits are the same. Um, that we're looking for a quick, fast, easy workout. <clears throat> but um, the one of the drawbacks, and we'll start getting into some of those, is it's a really high training protocol and people don't stick with it because it's too hard for some people. That's the, the next topic, and we'll, we'll d- d- talk about it in just a second. But guys, the, the, the thing with HIT, and I try to explain this to the clients the best way as possible. If, let's say you're doing, even you're doing, let's say you're doing jump squats, and it's 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, or you're doing an EMOM or something like that. If you don't go full speed, it's not considered a hit. You're not, you're not considered doing high intensity. High intensity interval training is designed and meant you go all out, balls to the walls as hard as you can for whatever period that you're going. Mm-hmm. If you're doing you know, jump squats at 60% for 20 seconds and resting for 10, you're, you're, you're not getting a full impact of doing an actual full hit training session. So if you're doing hit training, you've got to go all out, especially with things like Tabata cycles and something that's timed. You got to go max effort all out. Now, if you're doing like an EMOM, like that first set, maybe you're doing one snatch for the first minute, go all out, then you have that rest period. That's cool. But when you get up to the 13, 14, 15 round, you're pushing yourself as hard as you can because that's the whole point. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, one thing I was going to say as we're talking about this stuff because I think a lot of people are still intimidated by the thought of HIIT training. Um, some people will jump into it full bore um, without any type of foundation built up. And of course, with the right kind of trainer, you can still jump into it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's why I kind of brought up like the low intensity interval training, you know, where I feel like that actually might have a place because you don't want to do it all the time. I still struggle sometimes with trying to go back to that steady state because I like to get on a stink. I'm not going to lie, I'll get on a stinking elliptical and read a book or read an article oh, for like a dang hour. Most people hate that stuff. But I mean, <laughs> uh, but we'll get to the test stuff. Yeah. I actually want to talk about how that can, while it can, it can burn calories or fat, it may not be the absolute best way to like right. shred your adipose tissue and sure. all that stuff or, your, or that type of fat. But anyway, but I would say from a low intensity standpoint, if you're taking like these, let's say you look up a hit, like a hit, um, I don't know, workout or whatever, and you are intimidated by it. Well, one thing I'd recommend from a low intensity standpoint, what that what you can do is take basically take that, um, basically increase the duration of time, adjust it, adjust it, yeah. and then do it at a at a like I don't know a more laid back pace or a slower pace until your joints, your body, your tendons, your That's ligaments, everything starts to kind of pick into place. So you can still build into it versus going from walking an hour and a half on the right. treadmill to jumping into hit. You can transition. That's a, that's a great point, and, and that's. To, to, to kind of, and that, that involves your, if you have a trainer, that involves his knowledge and understanding of 
of what it is that he's doing as well. I've seen, but I've seen athletes like D1 athletes who have strained, yeah, li- like ACL, like their ligaments by doing a Tabata from sitting and standing so quickly. Mm-hmm. But you have a risk as you get exhausted um, form of snapping down. your form. Mm-hmm. You snapping a leg back, you hyperextend it or whatever. So anybody that's doing hit, you do got to listen to your body. Even and when the trainer's yelling at you, it's good trainers still be keeping an eye on you, though. And that's where I have issues with CrossFit. Yeah. Because it's basically like doing high-intensity interval training with these Olympic lifts. So you can do high-intensity interval training doing mountain climbers and right. get damn near the same effect as you taking a massively huge kettlebell and doing, you know, it, 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 the whole point is getting your heart rate and getting that fat-burning zone. That's, that's what I have a problem with CrossFit is using weights or you know, these compound lifts doing that, that style of training at that high intense level yeah. with, with the weights. I mean, you do have, I mean, you do have a lot of good CrossFit coaches that have a knowledge and foundation. And they that really depends on that. that and that yeah. does also depend on that. So any of, any of you that are CrossFit coaches that are yeah, not, not dog that are, yeah, that are clients. I'm just saying that in general, I'm yeah. just saying let's any, I mean, even Orange Theory, talking about Epoch. Oh, training. sure. Yeah, 100%. Orange Theory, that's what, I mean, that's the whole foundation of that is that you're yeah. trying to get yourself to a high level uh, of, of heart rate, so you're basically just depleting the oxygen out of your mm-hmm. body in recovery. I mean, the stuff that so many of us do as trainers, yet you have you have a screen and you have different things, right. so it's, you have, I guess, the community of it. But I've also known coaches at Orange Theory who have degrees in exercise science. I've also known coaches who have no background. And yeah. They're just throwing them, having them do weights between intervals, and these clients, <laughs> what's interesting is we get a lot of the casualties we get we've had crossfit yeah, women who so have torn true. rotator cuffs mm-hmm. from snatches we've had orange theory you know people that come to us because um, we can really customize you know to you but anyway um uh, that's that's kind of generally <laughs> that's kind of generally true though with with the gyms with whether it's a box or whether it's a place orange theory or anywhere yeah. do your research is is you may have a really good trainer there or you may not necessarily have a really good trainer. I mean, yeah. there's just across the board, there's sure. there's too much variation there. Um, and especially so, dealing so with it out. Find it's important. Out, yeah. It's important to find out um, who's training you, what kind of degrees they have, what kind of background they have, how well educated they are. Because right. the education, it, it plays a big role in, in knowing how far you can push somebody and knowing mm. um, when to help them set their limits because they don't a client doesn't always know their limits right they're sometimes they're not going to push hard enough but sometimes they're going to push too hard and yet. sometimes they're stubborn and they'll, they'll they'll try to go beyond what they actually can can do just yeah and in a gym setting competitive when you're watching 10 people yeah. you're not going to be able to focus on that person close enough where when you get that one-on-one attention they're watching everything you do yeah what gets me is when somebody when a client is they're so they're more afraid of letting you down. Yeah, for sure. And then actually completing like that Being last safe about it. that safe rep. And we know this is we just we know if you're giving it your all or not. Mm-hmm. If you end up having to stop and we're not saying anything to you, we understand you pushed it as far as you can go. Right. But yeah, we're not going. Go. We're we're going. And that's keep it tight. Some keep trainers your... <laughs> would. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's important for people to understand. You know. What's your, what's your boot camp rules? You only have two rules, don't you? Or one one of them is don't pass out. Right. That's my only rule. <laughs> you can throw up, but you can't pass out. Yeah, you can throw up, but you don't pass If you pass out, that's your fault. You're, 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 literally, I mean, if you pass out working out, whose fault is it? It's yours. Because you push, you should know when you should stop. 
But if you're in like a boot camp trainer setting doing something one-on-one, your trainer should know different signs, different things like that. Yeah. Leading into, especially doing like this high intensity interval stuff, that's what it is. I mean, it's getting that, it's getting it up there. Yeah. You know. Sorry, I guess as we're talking about passing out. So this is something. So I've never had anybody pass out on me. Um, Jessica Bennett, I had you almost pass on me last week. First ever in six and a half years. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, here, okay. Here's the thing. So this is kind of another area, and it is does pertain to to high intensity training, especially when people jump right into it. Yeah. Um, and this pertains to like your blood sugar as well. So. For those of you that were basically calling you out and saying it's your fault, we're about to tell you what signs to pay attention to okay. um, so we don't have to blame you for passing out. Because frankly, once your blood sugar, once it bottoms, it is truly one of the worst Oof, feelings you sucks. will ever, ever experience. I agree. And I've only had three people that's gotten close and I've identified the signs because I understand the signs because I've, I've gone through it. Never passed, but I actually, something happened to me one time and I had another trainer close by. I said, do you have anything sweet close by? And she was like, what do you mean? Gummy bears. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ones. So she was like, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm actually getting close to like my sugar's bottoming out. Mm -hmm. So, and, I'm, and I started kind of getting this tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so she went and got it. And so I was able to kind of get in my system and kind of bounce back out of it. That's one of the things, too. So, like, you know, a lot of people don't know. They ask, you know, what to eat before a workout. You can have the you know, fasting that's, and that type of stuff. And that does and that does depend on the person and the type of workout and your timing and all that stuff. But just a couple signs to pay attention to. If you are if you really start kind of getting disoriented, like if you're, if you're I call it kind of going into a tunnel, um, you really need to you really need to hit pause. Like for me, I usually ask clients immediately. Like I said, I only had like three people get close to doing it because I usually can watch it or gauge it before it gets too far gone. But I usually find a piece of gum or there's Tiny honey man. sticks. There's Tiny gummy bears. Gummy work. bears are ideal. But I'm just thinking like whatever you have close on hand because yeah. even like gum, it's just, it's just sugar. sugar. It's just yeah. sugar alcohols. It's yeah. not even sugar. So it it pulls your blood sugar back up. But you still need to get something in your system yeah. out of that. Anyway, it was just that's just it's one a of great point feelings. though. And to, to, yeah. it's not for those trainers that are listening. It it doesn't really they don't really want to come back to you after that. After <laughs> that's that true. Happens. It's a it's a. So that should be in our emergency kit. So I've had I've had several gummies. people several people go to that that point yeah. whenever they first work out with me. Right, the first time it's usually the first one. Usually the first time, and I always have gummy bears. And gummy bears always work. Mm. Doctor Jim Stepani, you know who that is? Oh yeah, I, yeah. There's one of the only. A lot of his one of the only actually. people I follow um, in the PhD health and fitness and world, physio. yeah, and he's tatted from head to toe. Mm -hmm. And he he did a huge research, clinical research on gummy bears and pixie sticks. Yeah, and those two are the best things you can have. I have gummy bears. He does. Yeah, I eat yeah. gummy bears after every single workout. Yeah, because your glucose levels and your. And I was about to say you're trying to you're trying to ramp yours back up when you do that. Thing. Right, and that's if, kinda, if you want to. But that's how I because I've always for years and years and years I would work out really really intensely and I was not hungry for two or three hours after. Yeah, and I couldn't eat anything until I started eating gummy bears and it would kind of level everything off and about thirty minutes later I, I was I was hungry. Then mm -hmm. I was uh, took me forever to figure out what was wrong. And now every last one of my clients eat gummy bears after workouts. So what is it? As far as the, the reason being? Yeah, well, why do gummy bears help him to want to eat? I guess. There's something in it because it's fast digesting sugars. Right. Those in pixie sticks are really, really fast digesting. So it doesn't stick to your body. So your, so your body's not going to hold on to it. Your body's going to use it up and get rid of it. It's if anything too, and then whatever you eat, like it, yeah, it's going to, yeah. And like gummy turns. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to pull stuff into your muscles to, to help 
So your muscle, then you feel like eating. When well, no, outside. if you have like, because obviously after you work out, all your blood sugar levels and your glucose are all over the place. They well, your body, your, your blood yeah. sugar, is, your, when it comes to resistance training, of course, high intensity, if you're doing you're these both. types of hit yeah. stuff, you're doing both and why it tanks it. But when you're depleting out of your system, like you've got, to, you've got to get it back up. You got to get it back up, and if you don't, your body's going to stay there. It'll, it'll slowly get back up. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it'll yeah, slowly. Yeah. It will. It will. This climb. just helps it. I know. You know, if, if someone's having like a really tough workout, like I had a client yesterday. She was having a really, really. We did heavy squats towards the end of the week, and I was just about maxing everyone out roughly. And that she was having like a rough workout. She was struggling, and she said, "Can I have some gummy bears?" So I gave her a few gummy bears, and instantly, she was. She finished the workout strong. So we should get gummy bears to be our sponsor. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually got, I actually got a five-pound bag upstairs. You can get five-pound bags. All time. I, I keep them with me. If someone's going to pass out, give them gummy bears. They're it's, fine. It's so good. But, yeah, Stepani would say there's only – which we need to get back to the main topics here in a second. But he used – well, he said there's two times you should, you should intentionally spike your – your insulin if you're trying to like build muscle mass mm -hmm. or kind of build and that's as soon as you wake up in the morning to get of course there's the different the the fasting um, yeah. fasting workouts but he would he's he a huge would, proponent of that but he but i've but i've actually followed some of his prior programs yeah. that he would say he would spike it in the morning um but more so with like a some kind of protein shake or whatever mm -hmm. and then um Immediately post post his workout. Yeah, that's because you're using it to your favorite. Using it to your favorite. Well, you're, you're not your gonna, you're not like, gonna store it as fat. You're yeah, because your body's like just give me whatever. Right, and that's the best thing you can put into your system. But um, so as far as storage of fat, I think that might be a good good time to kind of transition into mm -hmm. the age old method of low intensity. So Real quick, state. so just to kind of recap, oh, yeah. uh, just a couple of pros for hit training. It's. The, quick mm -hmm. like you can get a lot done in a short amount of time the whole tabata thing said you could do a 20 minute tabata and do is oh, and burn as many calories as you would in an yeah. hour of steady mm -hmm. state mm -hmm. and that comes back to the epoch because your body is having to fight to get that oxygen back so it's burning it's continuing to burn that's one reason there's more there was another yeah. neat one the 10 20 30 yeah. where you <clears throat> yeah where it's backwards actually you go slow for 30 seconds you go moderate for 20 seconds and then you hit it hard for 10 seconds. Yeah. So, again, it's the same kind of hit, but different formula. Right. But um, so the the um, another advantage would be all the different things you can do with it, just the ways you can bury it and change it. I on that note, I forgot to say it earlier. I recommend you guys go to look up Ply Yoga. P L Y. OGA, I think it's PlyYogaFitness.com. I haven't put Matt through one of these workouts yet, um, Bring it. but I've I've told him about it because he loves yoga now. Apparently. Oh no! Yeah, no <laughs> but no, this look it up. I mean, I know um, Christine Connolly. She came down from New Jersey about two years ago and certified some of us here. It is truly one of the most intense things I've ever done because it is a combination of plyometrics and yoga. But these the two ladies or the lady that originally come up with it. Um, or elite athlete. I mean, she's an elite athlete. I mean, I, there's pro teams that are starting to use this, and it's it's truly high intensity, but it's crazy because the fact that you'll do, like for example, uh, you'll do like 40, 45 seconds of like split jumps. You know, like you're yeah. just doing these crazy, just all out, all you can do, and then you'll land in like a warrior two pose right. for like 10 seconds. So you're so you're gassed from doing that, but then you stop, and your body is like that's your rest it's, period. It's your rest period. Right. So you're actually working on your mobility and everything, mm -hmm. but then your body is dying to move again because you're like, crap, this hurts so bad. To hold. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's man. a straight it's a straight hour 
uh, of different segments. It's, it supports a lot of exercise science, you know, background behind it, the way that it's structured. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you really want to take, and what I found myself, it was interesting enough. Yeah, I was wobbling and stuff, doing tree poses the first yeah. minutes, but by the end, I was nailing all these poses. So you're talking about the um, the proprio, what they call proprioception of your your body's ability to to like land and hit and stabilize and respond to stressors, and it, it pushes like every button. Sounds like a great time. Every button, yeah. <laughs> no, I, you're talking about blood that sugar? Was that was actually one event that I had I to step. Had I, no, I left, I walked out, I was Did like, you? I need a bagel. So I got him a bagel and I jumped yeah, back yeah. in there. I mean, anyway, that's, yeah. That's so anyway, there's so many fun things you can do. What's it called again? Ply, ply, ply Yoga. PlyYoga.com. Ply so you guys go there and check that out, man. It sounds like a... You've mentioned it probably four or five times. Yeah, I just hadn't, hadn't had you do it yet. I know. But there's, low, but there's low impact ways of doing that. Before mm-hmm. we transition off, that's one more thing I want to talk about. You can still do high intensity with low impact. Sure. A lot of your impact on your jumps, your boundings. You your, can do high knees stationary for 30 on 30, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you but you can, do, I mean, you can do body weight squats, like quick squats, like Tabata. A lot of mm-hmm. times we'll just have you do body weight squats. Yeah. You yeah. talked about kettlebells, though, which I thought was a good transition. I do love kettlebells. As far as like... Uh, some examples of what you could do as far as low impact but high intensity with those. Yeah. Anything? Anything specific? No, not now. No. Okay. We're going to segue, I think. Gotcha. <laughs> so, list training. So, low intensity, steady state cardio. Now, that even sounds boring the way you just said it. That's why I said it that well, way. Because that's the way. But there is a place trying. for it. There is places. No, no, no. I think it's good. Now this is the my perspective of this is fat. If you do like fasted training, mm-hmm. it's one of the, the. It's a very effective way for me. Okay. So I have a lot of my ladies do fasted cardio a couple of days a week if they're really wanting to drop some body fat and lean out for. They have like let's say they're going to the beach in a couple of weeks. Then I'll have them jump on a couple of days of fasted list cardio in the morning. Your body is is well, they gets into fasted, but they. So that that's that's where I stand on it. But um, just to kind of recap, and I'll let you guys run with it. Uh, list training can include uh, treadmills, ellipticals, recumbent bikes, upright bikes, um, arc trainers, walking around your neighborhood, swimming, any kind of just low intensity, steady state cardio. Now, okay, we're talking about low intensity, steady state. Now, a lot of times people will talk about like we usually look at heart rate ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, so now what's interesting about all this stuff is that you know our certifications will kind of vary on what ranges to be in or what would classify as a lower like a lower steady state um i feel like for me you're kind of looking more at what about 50 percent maybe 50 to 60 percent of your resting of what your technically your resting heart rate should be which is easiest way to do math is 220 Minus your age, and then multiply that by the percentage. So, 60%. like for me, I think if I'm around like 100, I'm like the 120, like between 110 and 130 on my my beats per minute heart rate. Um, then that's kind of a steady state. You can do it for a longer period of time, but it's high enough to where you're at least getting yeah. something done. You're not just casual walking. So for most of our our clients, so we're not going to be testing your heart rate. We don't necessarily do that. So we use RPE rating mm-hmm. of perceived exertion right so <clears throat> it is really learning your body and understanding so when you're true. pushing moderately hard really hard or all out right and you learn that pretty you can learn it pretty quickly if you're training on a regular basis so mm-hmm. so heart rate's a great way it's more accurate but but rating of perceived exertion is really probably the best method to use when you're 
Yeah. Okay. Um. So I, I, you know, I, I think all that stuff's like awesome. You know, team, all that you're talking about. I keep it really stupid simple. Mm-hmm. I don't even have people worried about that. Oh yeah, I understand. That. That's just what I. I don't even talk to people because I think sometimes it goes over most people's heads when you're when you're discussing. Right, like, and that's why the the RP mm-hmm. or just kind of mm-hmm. knowing that. That's why you know. But I'm I'm always going to be the one that's going to bring it up at least in the podcast because we're yeah, getting sure. nerdy. Yeah. But yeah, but that's but this also gives depth that mm-hmm. what we are thinking about, even though we may not share with you why you're, you know, right. trying to keep trying to keep pushing and keep going because you right. really could care less what your heart rate is at that point. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I look at um, a list. But I mean, if you're just like a couple of times, just for the audience, you know, when do you think the best time to do low intensity steady state cardio is? Yep. For me, my first response. I'm sorry, let me cut you off. Is um, is really like for active recovery. Um, like for me, like for example, this week I was I really got back into doing like those. This treadmill intervals that you have mm. kind of jumped into it because I, I want to drop I need to drop some fat I mean we're always I'm all, you know the reason we train is because we usually are struggling with that stuff ourselves but I wanted to kind of mix it up but I also did a I also did a really good like hard like leg workout and so the soreness had really set in and so I, I still did some interval stuff some high intensity interval stuff like on the elliptical or whatever I know I'm that guy that one dude hey I use elliptical time but um screw it but like when you're trying to do when you're trying to recover like you've broken those muscles down I do want to talk about doms here in a second um (laughs) sure but you know what it does like like, it brings fresh blood to your muscles you know your muscles have been torn down they're broke down the soreness is there and by doing this steady state you're actually you're bringing fresh fresh blood to the areas that have been broken down you're pushing out all the byproducts you know like what they call like the like that lactic acid buildup even though technically it's gone like within about 24 hours yeah you actually doing that stuff but also helps with repair and okay go <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's okay so my drop so honestly i mean i'm gonna give somebody like a five day a week workout mm-hmm. and it's gonna include three days of steady state and it's gonna be 45 minutes to an hour yeah and then two days of hit, two days in there of some train like weight training too. So, but it's going to be mixed up. And for me, as I've gotten older, the, I like What's the that? steady state a little bit more. But I love hiking, so hiking, yeah. walking, and stuff like that. Plus, I like to be outdoors. Um, I love a elliptical, but I don't have one, so I don't use one right now. But, but it's important. This is a. The main thing is it's important to incorporate a little bit of everything. Right. You're going to want... Exactly what I was about to talk about. Yeah. Some steady state. You're going to want some hit. You're going to want some weight training. And then just the order of how you put that together is important, but it's not as important as making sure you get it all in. Right. Does that make sense? I agree. That makes sense to you? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's totally true. I think they're both... I think both hit and list both belong in people's fitness programs they, they both belong in there that's like you know adding in ab and core workouts like we all know abs are made in the kitchen but you still want to do incorporate a few core exercises a week or whatever to keep your core strength strong and i think you know mixing them together is a is a great thing if you want you know hop on the treadmill at an incline run for or in, incline walk for 10 minutes hop off do a tabata cycle get back on you know, there's there's ways to incorporate it and kind of mix it in there i think it's a i think it's great to utilize it all um 
go ahead. Go yeah, on. no, it's fine. I was just I was looking up some stuff earlier, um, and one explanation of it is, as far as list goes, it's very effective in metabolizing fat for energy consumption by the body. However, it's not that great at accessing and breaking down stored fat, which is actually one reason I think that we kind of another reason that we do blend, not just to train both capacities of your body and to have up and down mm -hmm. as far as those levels, but by balancing that instead of doing just steady state five to seven days a week and I'm on the treadmill for two hours and I've only, you know, I've only lost 10 pounds, even though it can have an impact, it's going to take you much longer unless you, unless you kind of blend those two worlds like, yeah, for sure. Like we all try to incorporate. Right. And do. Yeah. I did want to bring up too, because I did look up the study, um, finding according to the, uh, journal of sports science medicine, then it was published in 2015 about the effects of high intensity interval training. Um, and they, what they determined was higher intensity exercise has been shown to be a trigger for acute myocardial infarction in middle-aged and older individuals. So those of you doing the CrossFit, if you're doing or any HIIT training, if you're doing it more than two days a week, you could be doing more damage to your heart. Mm -hmm. You may, you know, you may not notice, and you may not notice notice right away. But it's something you, you may be doing, so you got to be careful. It shouldn't be done every day. Right. But yes, it should be done. But then it, all, it went on to say that um, the intensity, uh, intensity of exercise in athlete, athletic individuals may lead to adverse cardiac remodeling. Also, so it's just something to consider when you're, yeah, when you're thinking about adding hit to your workout. Yes, you want it. Just don't do it five days a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with your fitness levels. No matter how you look at it, lists. You know, whether you're doing a high intensity interval or you're doing less, you've got to look at your fitness level. Mm -hmm. and especially if you have a trainer, they've got to look at where you're at. Like home fit, for example, we meet you where you're at. That's a very important aspect of kind of what we do. If you're not ready to get into high intensity interval training, then start with less. It's not, mm -hmm. a, not the end of the world to build up your strength. You know, for example, as like, because I love progressions mm -hmm. and degression. Is that the right word? Degressions? You like progressions for, you know, as far as getting on into like list training or something like that. Starting on the treadmill is a good way to progress from the treadmill. Maybe do to, for me, all my ladies, you have to do an incline walk without holding the treadmill with your hands on your head. That opens up your lungs. It gets you moving. You burn a, a lot more calories with your hands on your head. It also lifts your butt at the same time. It's a true story. <laughs> You're the butt guy. But it's they, a true story. It's a true story. But incline walking without holding a treadmill, you burn so many more calories by doing something like that. Then you can maybe go to the art trainer or something like that. But I think knowing where you're at in your fitness level and slowly incorporating HIIT training. Like whenever I um, want to get back into shape, that's what I would do. I would do list training, but I would incorporate maybe one Tabata mm -hmm. A couple of days a week. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Is like, so know where your fitness level is, but also know where you want to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, don't just dive into it for the sake of I got to lose weight because that's so generic. And there are ways. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, again, I've been a component of the steady state for a long time because it's something that it's that I would do. A lot right. of times, people ask me what's better to do cardio before or after you. That's what I want to talk about. Um, my, now my thought no strong opinion on yeah that. okay and no that's why I'm excited to bring this up because yeah. there's all kinds of scientific research that says this I always lean towards behavioral first so my mm -hmm. response is what's gonna, what are you more likely to do like for me if I lift first uh, there's a chance I'm gonna talk myself out of doing cardio 
So I'll do cardio <laughs> beforehand and then I lift. But that's behaviorally. But I understand. It's interesting. But I mean, that's, that's interesting. I, you know. That's just the way I look at it because I have people that they're going to get in. If they don't structure it right, they're not going to listen to what I tell them to do. Sure. But in in what's I mean, there's one that's better than the other. But but how much better is it really worth it if they're not going to? If you're not going to do it. But if you had to put your hammer down, you would say you're going to. Oh, it's a huge requirement because there's been so many scientific studies known, and you can feel it with your body. Let's say I let's say, and I'll kind of tell you about how I do my training. All of my clients do strength training number one, Mm -hmm. but they do it a certain way where you're burning. In ex- so many calories, you know, you're doing supersets, you're constantly moving. Let's say, for example, like this week, for example, we did heavy squats. We did eight sets of like four to six reps. In between each set, you had a, a little bit of a hit movement, but low intensity. Mm-hmm. So jumping jack, high knees to keep your heart rate up, or whatever. So then by doing supersets, let's say, for example, you're doing like seated cable rows and then push ups. You know, you're superset nose, you're working a push movement, pull movement, whatever, you're keeping your heart rate up, you're burning calories. So, my philosophy is you do strength training first, period. Well, yeah, no, so, so science, science scientifically, <laughs> that is correct. Yes. And one, one reason on and top result of that. Based. Well, yeah, well, that's, right. yeah, so I've, yeah, and that's what most people want to look for yeah. is results based. One of the primary reasons is going back to that blood glucose level. If you go and do cardio beforehand, mm-hmm. especially if it's a steady state, you're going to start pulling all that out of your muscles. So that when you get into the actual weightlifting, you're not going to be able to, or, or your full workout, you're that, not going to be able to perform. That's exactly how, why, exactly how I explain that to people and yeah. why. Because you want to be fresh and into your weight training. For that's the same thing with stretching before. Ooh. Before Ooh. you do weight training. You used to be, I mean, when I was in school, an athlete, they would make us sit and do static stretches before. Yeah, you never do that. You always do dynamic warm-up, dynamic stretches before. Because I learned this when I was in the Marine Corps, is I was always confused as to, we would never stretch before we trained. We would have like a a PFT, like a personal fitness test. Mm -hmm. And we would go straight into the pull-ups, not do anything. And I asked, you know, I was like, I was a little wide-eyed 18 I'm like well you know and he was like well if you stretch you're gonna tire your muscles up before you do that's, that that's one I mean that's one example of it yeah. other one is you actually you're, you're kind of turning them off you're kind of decreasing the elasticity of, of the, the performance of the muscle mm-hmm. but when it set into my brain I had a professor of mine say do you ever see a dog stretch before he chases a car sure <laughs> no. that's true I mean and right. I was like holy crap I was like that makes sense and the, what we mean by dynamic stretches is you'll see us do like you know, walking lunges, stuff that's it's actually moving and mm-hmm. increasing yeah. mobility and warming your muscles, but the you're not holding yeah. you're not holding for more than two, three seconds, right. maybe up to five. I think Go for watching um, professional soccer oh, yeah. is the best way to understand yeah. what a dynamic warm is. Game. They yeah. they will sit and they'll go through all these routines. You watch them, and and that's a dynamic warm up. That's actually any sporting event that you go to, and those guys are the elite level professional athletes. If you see, even if you go to like an NBA basketball game, they come out there. Those guys will do shoot around for forty minutes mm-hmm. before they stretch, mm-hmm. and then they'll have then they'll have a dynamic. Like they, they, they always have, have they all have a strength coach that takes them through their specific movement. Yeah, so but that's that's. A, I'm glad we brought that. It's very important. I know we're kind of getting off, kind yeah. of not we'll too to, bad. I think we should designate one. Yeah, that's because that's. It's, I think it's really really important that people because I, ha- I had 
someone asked me the other day, why, why do we never stretch before we train? Mm. Well, like if you're doing leg day or something, like my warm up for you is going to be like leg extensions, lunges. Mm. True. You know, you're, you're firing. Everything's on your lower body is firing. We'll do a core movement, get your core like engaged, get yourself moving. Mm. And then after you train, maybe if, if I have, you know, maybe I tell you to do lists after you do, you know, some kind of strength training, you can stretch before you do lists. Right. If that's if that's what you can do it after, or you can foam roll. Right. I'm not a huge, you know. I've been in it, 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 but a lot I of people, a lot of people <laughs> will stretch before they yeah, yeah start the training. Don't you do just, it. You don't that, need to do that. Yeah, that podcast when we do a next one, I think it should be stretching and foam rolling together. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. I think they're very... both going to talk about, and then even like proprioceptive, neuromuscular oh. stretching, and all this other stuff. PNF stretching. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, going over the super. yeah, going over the, what what exactly a dynamic warm up is, right? What it means and how you kind of get into it. This it is won't. a conversation we should have, and right? No, why don't we do it? I can, <laughs> I can, so I got two nerdy things that I want to cover, but I mean, we can keep going. No, it's kind of yeah, get, get, get nerdy. Anything though. else we want to talk about with like lifting versus cardio base? Like, okay, I think that's really important that we right. that we kind of hammer that 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 just a different you know reasons of way you want to sway one way or sway the other way depending on what your goal is mm -hmm. like you said if you're more prone to do cardio then you are lifting weights then lift weights first mm -hmm. if you're more prone to lift weights and then you know to do cardio then maybe doing cardio first getting that up but you still want to have that strength and and right well, yeah you gotta do it. that's what we recommend i mean but what we did clearly say what's as far as your body's performance mm -hmm. you're gonna do better if you actually you know do the work but it's interesting it looking at from like a behavioral standpoint yeah that's just the thing i just learned that over the years because people would like you throw it in there yeah and sometimes they're not going to adopt it they're like, right how oh, did you get to this like oh, i had to go right you know right. i did my list but i had to go back to work so right. i just thought I'd, didn't or i did five minutes of cardio and right. I'm like, your goal <laughs> is to do this mine was always to cut out and then that's when you're just checking well you got five minutes well then do it to bottom side Mm -hmm. Right. Said, yeah. So we're just trying to establish norms. Once you think about it, don't be over overwhelmed yeah. by it. That's the hard thing is our industry, both fitness and nutrition, is just is just blanketed with Ooh. so much junk out there and people don't know where to go. But if you start between the ears, you're gonna do a lot better. That's right. We're listening to people thinking. like us and know what we're talking about. Right? Alright, two things. So one so delayed onset muscle soreness oh, not everybody um i don't think everybody understands this yet most more people than than not do now obviously i heard growing up oh it's lactic acid oh it's a lactic acid buildup in the muscle uh it's not true <laughs> now you do have you do develop lactic acid in the muscle um but then your body buffers it out and gets it out of your it's usually like within a, like within a day maybe now is that soreness or because doms is a little bit past being sore it is that's why it's called delayed onset muscle, muscle soreness. soreness now here's the thing usually on average so it's I, I recommend you look it up so it's called micro like micro tears micro trauma yeah, yeah so it's on the surface of your muscle it's not necessarily density if you tear the density of the muscle you've actually torn the muscle right and you don't want to do that you don't want to do it. so you have like these micro tears because you're stressing the muscle which controls stress on your body is what makes it improve so they actually splinter if you look it up you'll see like these videos or like these well you see videos but like images of like these just partial tears in the muscle it doesn't necessarily and that's why you're working out yeah especially if you're wanting to get size that's one reason it causes them to swell when they repair the reason it's delayed it should be delayed if you if you're sore like within 24 hours you've overdone it right too much if it's two or three days later that's that's the prime prime thing the reason the soreness that's in is when those fibers start to heal they start to repair your body there's inflammation in those muscles 
you're trying they're trying to come back together um and that's just where a lot of that soreness is that's why i said like the steady state can be good in helping to, with to that help repair. it uh, yeah that yeah um, for sure because you're bringing fresh blood flow go ahead yeah. I feel like so inflammation in your body you know in some in some cases is not good but that's exactly what you're trying to do is create that inflammation that rebuilding mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, and then the protein is really important then too making sure you're supplying it because that's what supplies that regrowth it's a protein. Well, that's actually, yeah. And that's why, even though we, I know we said the other day that you don't have to have your protein right after your workout. Not right after, but you have to have it in But the there are a lot of studies that shows when you do intake it within that window, that protein, especially if you have like a maltodextrin or some type of, uh, right, kind of sugar, which also spikes your blood sugar, mm-hmm. it takes that protein straight back and, and starts repairing those muscles back faster. So that's why you, Science. that's why you hear more of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that? I have one more topic. Um... No, no, that's good. Sorry. So to, to break Some it dogs. down, dummy. Yep. When you're exercising, you're tearing your muscle fibers. The, just the just the surface. surface. The surface. Mm-hmm. And if you get well, whenever you tear your, so you all so you're saying that you always tear the muscle fiber the, the surface of them whenever you train. That's why you feel more that's why especially you train. when you're doing anaerobic. Yeah. If you do right. aerobic stuff, it's not. And it's if right. you're lifting if you're or strength whatever. trainer or something like that, mm-hmm. you're essentially strength tearing the, the, the surface. If you get too deep, you've actually torn the actual muscle. The actual muscle. Well, you've just, you've just done too much, yeah. Right. And then so you're saying that because a lot of people say, well, it's always worse the second day after. That's why. That's good. That's a good thing. So yeah. make sure you guys understand that, okay? Make <laughs> sure you guys get that. That's why. That, that's where He's you tapping want, you on the head in case that, you didn't that's know. That's where you want. They can see it right there. That's where they. That's where they want. You want to be sore a couple of days after. Right. 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 Just, so just kind of break it down, dummy. Yeah. 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 So, so Dom's is not anything. It's it's not what a lot of people think. It yeah. Is. It's not lactic acid that you can just work out of your system. It's but being sore is different than Dom's, correct? Just no. being sore, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So I've always looked at delayed onset muscle syndrome is. A little bit past that. Oh, you really call it sore. syndrome. It's actually it's soreness. soreness. Oh, okay, I thought it was syndrome. Okay. Now you, you do have before. other things that which we could easily get into. Rhombo, rhombo, whatever, rhombo. Rhabdomyelitis. Rhabdo. Rhabdo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's muscle. That actually stands for muscle death. Nice. That means you've done too much to the point that your muscle could not recover. Yeah. And you can actually like those muscle fibers will actually die. die. Like yeah. die away. Um, yeah, and so and if I don't know if you can actually recruit them back or not, but that's one other thing too, as far as muscle fiber mm-hmm. recruitment. Man, I wanted to get into type two and type, type. Was it what was that? What was your other? No, no, my other one was about VO two max and like okay. marathon runners. Go for it. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm, su- I'm super nerdy today. I don't care. Um, I freaking love this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the other one. So we're talking about you know high intensity. We're talking about fart licks earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fart lick. <laughs> See, it's fun to say. <laughs> oh God. Um, anyway, so, you know, you think about distance runners, marathoners, swimmers, um, definitely um, to that component. So, uh, we're talking about like blood lactate. That's actually one of the reasons that made me think about it. So, you do have a lactic acid buildup when you're pushing your body past the ability to absorb and use oxygen. Right. Um, which that's why it becomes more anaerobic. Even if you're not doing weightlifting, if you're going past your what's called your lactate threshold, that's when your body you're you're past it, and so then you actually start to build up like like lactic acid in your muscle. So we actually, when I first moved to Birmingham, I was uh, part of a sports lab. I think I mentioned this uh, to you uh, the last time we did it. But anyway, it's one thing that we would actually do, and this is what's neat. One reason that fartleks help is it's kind of testing your energy systems. But then you can also do threshold training. Mm. 
because um, you know you're initially you're given so much of a VO you're born with like a VO2 max like capacity but you can improve it mm -hmm. but I always a lot of people still use Lance Armstrong as as an example um, of course you can go into blood doping but that's mm -hmm. another that's another scenario but he had a much higher like these these swimmers where Michael Phelps would be a better example like he extremely high I don't know what his percentage is if it's like probably in the 80s maybe 80% um, like volume of oxygen is how much body that's why, body that's, that's why he's able to because yeah. he can continue going me I was a lineman I have like a capacity of like 50 <laughs> so if I go you know six seconds I'm I'm winded so it's probably why hit training actually is better for me but um, anyway so ding, ding, ding. threshold training what you actually when you know what your percentage level is or your marker a lot of times that's by pace or time mm -hmm. so people don't know what their mile splits are or whatever I'm almost done no um, no you're good but if we would actually check, like you would prick your finger and check your, your lactate level in your bloodstream. Mm. So then we could more, uh, like more aggressively and more specifically kind of know when you're hitting that level. And then even if you drop it down just a slightly less cadence, um, you can start getting your body to bump up its capacity to be able to actually utilize so it's that oxygen lower so it's a upper and lower. lower so yeah I mean it's not exact as far as like a big like hit training goes all together but it just made me think about a couple of um, other things fun <laughs> well, well it's neat I mean just yeah. how how to make the improvements you know because if you if you just keep doing the same stuff right you're not gonna improve you get stuck I yeah. got into health and wellness because of the complexity of the human body and the mind and the abilities that you can actually take to improve it other than the things you can do wrong to wreck it. I mean, think about it. Just just this is different on everybody. Just your fingerprint. Your fingerprint. Okay. Yeah, so why would exercising be the same for everyone? Right. If you think but, about it. But if, if this is different, Pick it up, and you have it. the whole body, Sure. put it all together. I'm like, there is nobody kidney, created we would, like we would, you. We would completely be destroyed if we didn't have kidneys. Huh? Sorry, that's just a, uh, just the function of the kidney, like it's how true. reporting it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I you just think about it. Like, well, we would know, without it, our brain, too. Well, of course. Without the heart. You know, yeah, well, when you think about it, your brain actually named itself. How did it name itself? The brain named itself brain. I Who else named it, it brain? Oh. <laughs> Knowledge is... <laughs> Anyone here out there? That, that should be that mind's right. emoji. Awesome. All right. Recap it. Sweet. Recap it. So we talked about hit and lists, um, just different levels, pros, cons. Like I said, we didn't really swing towards saying hits better over lists and blah, blah, blah. That's not what we're here to do. Combo is good. The combo, yes. That's what I think was generally what we discussed. It's, it's doing both of them is, is highly effective. I mean, why not? You know, it's got different benefits, different um, pros to it. Spice yeah. of life. Yeah. And it's, it's keeping your body guessing. and Spice of life. The spice of life. Love it. That could be the name of this episode. Oh, there you go. The Spice Variety. of Life. Variety. So, uh, we got any save rounds on it? Anything else we want to add? But hit and list? No, there's pros and cons to doing both all the time. I would just say incorporate a little bit of everything. For sure. If you have questions, if you're wanting more specifics on, hey, give me an example or a workout to try, you know, comment wherever yeah. the platform is. We'll go and find it and uh, give you some responses on that. Yeah, um, you know. Also, don't forget that HomeFit Consulting also does online coaching, and I know we we implement a lot of uh, lists and hit training in there, and we explain it and different things like that. So, if you guys want a sample program or something like that, like you said, comment. We'll reach out to you, or you can visit uh, their website, HomeFitConsulting.com, as well, and check out uh, 
just the different things they got going on there too. Cool. So um, I think we've got a lot of topics to cover next week. So it looks like uh, we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of cool topics for next week. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the uh, second episode. It's a little bit cleaner than the first one. No uh, pin clicking, Matthew. And then, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks to you guys listening. Um, and you guys have a blessed life and be awesome.